Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Bandzoogle is built by musicians for musicians. It's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Uh, I would know I'm working on a, a site over at Bandzoogle as well right now, and it's really easy to make, and you can get everything uh, up and running pretty quickly from hosting a custom domain name. Uh, you got dozens of fully customizable design templates and tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, which we love to hear as musicians. Uh, there's commission-free crowdfunding, fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your audience, social media integration, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So if you want to support the show, and if you want to help yourself while you're at it, direct support podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com. You can try it free for 30 days and use the promo code direct support, all one word, to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code direct support. Bandzoogle. What's up, y'all? I'm Peter Shrepp. Welcome back to Direct Support. This is the podcast where I talk about music with my friends. Um, no breakdown this week. <laughs> no uh, no uh, one-on-one monologue, me to y'all. Uh, like last week, I have an actual interview with an actual episode. But I will say, everybody who wrote me, thank you so much. I'm still working through it. Some of these messages were very long, and I was like, ooh, don't have the time or energy to, to sort through it right now. But I have seen them all taking a look. And a lot of you guys are suggesting that potentially we have some sort of hybrid where I keep the keep the interviews going maybe once every other week and then maybe, you know, once the Arms of Kimbo stuff starts picking up, I can, you know, fill you in on some of that stuff as we go or maybe have Matt on the show. We haven't done his, his proper episode yet. I was kind of saving it, you know? Um, anyway, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. I am, I'm doing great, man. I, uh, I went to San Francisco this past weekend and went and saw a Giants-Dodgers game with my girlfriend and her family. We had a freaking blast, and uh, I'm happy to be back, but I'm very sleepy. Um, I have an unbelievable guest today, my friend Warner, a.k.a. Warren Tin. Um, if you listen to music on the internet, there's a good chance you've heard his song, Sensitivity, because it's a big old track. It did a lot of uh, Spotify trending, but it's freaking hit and and the good thing is he's got a bunch of other excellent music as well so i'm very excited for you if you haven't heard of him because you got a whole a whole can of worms or warns uh you know ahead of you if you haven't all right my friends who have uh sent me a message um thank you so much do me a favor uh it's it sounds like y'all are the troop you know that the show means a lot to and you're pursuing music in your own way uh, it's great to gather some information about you know, who this is connecting with, because that's exactly what I was hoping. I was hoping to inspire um, musicians. That's all I want to do, inspire the musicians. That's what the show exists for. That and my chance to to talk to musicians who've inspired me too, right? Um, and it's been, a, it's been a ball. I don't know. I, I'm in better spirits today than, than last week's episode. Can you tell? Um, to y'all, I will just ask you this. Do me a favor. Share the show with one friend. You don't need to share this particular episode. You could share your favorite episode you've ever heard, um, whether that be one of the bigger ones like, uh, you know, Ryan from Coin or, or Nathan from Hippocampus or Kelsey from Local Natives, or it could be, you know, who's an artist you'd never heard of before that this show turned you on to. Um, 
because those artists need supporting too, right? They need support more than anybody. Um, you know the drill. If you would like to help, just go ahead and share the show with somebody or give us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. Um, follow our Instagram at Direct Support Pod on Instagram. All that jazz. And, and, and just stay up to date, man. Keep subscribing. That subscribe button does a, a whole mess of a lot, and, and it'll keep us in the game. And, and I got a bunch of episodes, you know, backlogged and ready, but I would like to mix it up on occasion, not always doing the same thing, so I will keep reading through. Other than that, y'all, I just want you to know I appreciate you, and I hope you are doing well. I hope things are opening up a little bit more, and I hope everybody's, you know, safe and vaccinated and healthy. And if you want to help the show a little extra, you know the deal with Banzoogle. If you go to Banzoogle, you make your website, you go and you sign in with uh, promo code DirectSupportPod, you will get a discount. And lastly, on the housekeeping in the show, I just wanted to let you know I will be working on some, um, I don't know how soon this will be, but uh, just to take, you know, to take the veil off, we will be working on some YouTube clips. So it won't be whole episodes, but maybe 10 to 20 minutes of the Zoom that I have with my guest. Uh, we'll be airing those on YouTube eventually. No, no date for that, to be determined. Uh, that's it, folks. All right. So first, we're going to listen to a song by Warrington. It's Warrington and Boyo their song Beatrice, it rips. Um, and then please enjoy my conversation with the one and only Warrington. Enjoy.
Tools. And there Pets. he is. Can you hear me? I can. Welcome. Can, but you can't see me, right? Indeed. You know. There we go. Up. Yo. Welcome. What's up, dude? I'm glad it's we're doing this. I know. Me too. This is. Um, Let me just get a setup. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh man. Wow. Look at you. I'm like yeah, a real this is like the real deal. Yeah, <laughs> this is sick. You know why? It's because we're all using the same mic, but if you're a podcaster, it comes from above. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're like in a rock band, it comes from down below. Yeah, and if you're really in a rock band and you're and you're a lead singer, it's a, it's on a straight stand. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, dude, I feel so like uh, unprofessional compared to you, but uh, it's not your job oh. to be professional. It's mine. Oh, okay. All right, sweet. All right, then I'm gonna let you take the take the reins then here. It's your job to just join me and have a good time. Uh that I can do. <laughs> okay, good. Um <laughs> your location was one of the things I had a question about, honestly, to you just to get right into it. Yeah. Because because the the van is tricked out and what's the deal with that van? <laughs> uh it's like my house. It's my baby. It's Lurleen. That's what I thought. That's her name. Uh I'll give you a I can give you a little tour. Like a little one. I love it. I'm actually, I'm in near Santa Barbara at a spot called Rincon uh, doing some surfing. Oh, wow. Let's see if I can flip the, <laughs> here she is. Oh, that's my her. God. And uh, it's pretty simple. There's the cooler. There's the dog. That's the where the clothes are and stuff. And I have some friends out there surfing. Um, so that's where the boards are and everything. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, I don't know if there's any other. No, I mean. Here's, Here's my iPod. You gotta you gotta show everybody the fucking iPod. This is where the tunes come from. <laughs> um, um, I had I had an iPod Classic for the longest time, and I guess long story short, it's my my old iPod Classic belongs to Tom Morello now. No way. Are you Swear, serious? I, I am. Yeah. My sister worked for him for a long time. She was his personal assistant, and then one day she said, "Tom doesn't like iPhones. He wants to listen to music on his classic, and he doesn't have one." Do you still have that one? And I, I did I for years. Your iPod, like, oh, that's so sick. And then we traded for a carpet. He gave me, he gave me a rug that I had. For oh, a that's couple years. cool. <laughs> you got rid of that carpet? I, I, I would have kept it, but it was literally so disgusting by the time I left that house. <laughs> it wasn't keepable. It was like gross when he gave it to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then it lived dude, the whole life wild. in like our raucous years anyway. <laughs> Can I tell you a crazy thing about that iPod? Please. I, and this is not a joke. Okay, I'll be honest. It's not this exact iPod. This is a replacement. But I won an iPod Classic in an arcade machine. Oh, really? At a, at, at a bowling alley, I believe. You're the yeah. only one. You're the only one. Dude, I, I, it was nuts. I actually, sh- it, it, I think a lot of people would be like, wow, like sheer luck. No, 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 no. I showed up with $40 worth of quarters and my friend Gabe. And I said, I'm going to win this iPod. Like I knew it was there. Right. And uh, I made it through about $5 and I won it. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, dude. And I fucking love that thing. And I just think it's funny because those games are kind of rigged. They're like kind of yeah. rigged. I've done all these like YouTube research on it <laughs> where it's like, it's, <laughs> it's rigged, but like, it's like one in a hundred. It'll like land on the right thing. Right. And so you just have to like be lucky, I guess. It's luck. And it's, I mean, I think you proved it's practice. I think you proved that it's, yeah. it's you know, beyond that. It's <laughs> you, you know saying, what you're doing. It's, it's you saying I can either pay, a, you know, the 250 bucks or I can get the reps up to where the, the, the odds are just like, if I even get like half a percent, that's, yeah. I'm going to get it. 
it was this game called Stackers, and the, the pieces would move like this, and you got to stack them. And I had like a version on my phone, so I practiced on my phone. And then when I was feeling comfortable, I went there with it. And I was like, <laughs> all right, give it a try. Yeah, well, I've seen some of the machines. They have like PS4s and stuff right. like that. It's like crazy, so... Well, you're yeah. beyond admirable for for not admitting that that was the one, you know. I'm the like I'm the two time champion of stackers. Well, I guess one time. Um, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So so well, what, like. My yeah. Thing what, the, you have questions? What do you? What, my what are we thing doing? with Let's, the van. My thing with the van is just like I've just basically. It seems like you're mostly living out of it or choosing. When when yeah. how conscious of a decision was that? Is this a tour van that you decided to live in? Yeah, yeah. So what happened was um, my dream car growing up was always like a van. Like I was always the mom in high school. I feel like Mm -hmm. like uh, I didn't I didn't like drink a lot. And so I was usually like I'd be the DD. I kind of like what is it? Volunteer to be the DD. So I I just and I I like driving. So I was speaking my language, by the way, because I don't drink. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the person who has to drive everybody all the time. Oh, you nice. Know? Okay. Well, yeah. And, and, and for me, I don't mind it. And so I always, always like, I want to get a big van. And just like that, that was always my dream car. I was like, I want a van. And I always looked at like VW vans. And so when I was making some money, I was, sa- I was saving up and I was like, okay, I'm going to sell my car. and I'm going to actually do it. I'm going to buy a VW van. Like, why not? And I tried them out and I like, I would drive them around They're stick shift and they drive like shit and they're slow. And I was just like, I hate this. Like, this is, I can't believe this is what I've always wanted. Right. And so I did some research and, and I was like, well, Ford, Ford is a good car, right? They're reliable. Later did I find out Fords break down a bunch because <laughs> I'm experiencing it. But anyways, my one mistake was going vintage. I, I was like, oh man, it'd be so cool. Like, I mean, my whole thing was like, I want a car that's not so digital so I can actually like work on it and stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I, I'm not joking. I've already had this car, uh, the engine give out. So it's like, I'm already kind of paying for it, but, um, you know, it's been great. I love it. So yeah, I bought it with the intent of driving friends around and then it would be a tour van, but my band was actually a bit scared to get in here. Cause, uh, I'd be like, all right guys. Oh, and by the way, it doesn't have seatbelts and like it may break down. And so like, it wasn't reliable for tour and they were all kind of yeah. like, I'd rather take a different car. Sure. So I put a bed in the back and then it kind of became the camping car and my like Sunday car. I get like, I, I couldn't drive it a lot because gas is expensive. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then when, when quarantine, well, actually, so it's funny for 2020, I was going to do this whole trip where I was going to be touring the whole year. I had this idea. It was kind of like based off of Suffy and Steven's idea of like writing a song about, uh, or writing an album about every country, uh, sorry, every city state, in, right? Yeah. Every state in, uh, in the U S I wanted to go around and write a song in every city. Mm. And I had my buddy, Brad, who's a great documentary filmmaker. It was going to be me and him in my van. Um, this van has electricity. I have a, a, a solar on the roof. And so I set it up as a recording studio and we were going to go all around uh, the U S recording in all these different cities and States. And then the amazing. pandemic, the right. pandemic hit. Yeah. yeah. And so then it, the whole idea was like making friends and like having these wild nights and like, you know, we couldn't do it because uh, <laughs> it started with South by and South by got canceled. And you know, it was right. funny at that time we oh, were you all were, like, you were going out like you actually, I was going to South by to play. And then from yeah. there I was going to do this trip and, uh, and you know what's funny is is like you know at the time we were all like oh dude the virus man come on just have South by and now it's like looking back it's like gosh thank thank God I know. thank God they canceled South by that would have been pretty bad dude I um, fully had that talk with you remember I think the last time I saw you because we were setting up to do this interview was oh, was no at, way. yeah because it was uh, it was at the Skull Crusher another bummer show 
And it, bootleg. And it, yep, yep, yeah. Yep, and we went to the yeah. bootleg, and we were literally like, phones were out, looking at like case count at the show. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And everybody was like, "Yeah, right, dude. Whatever." Like there were jokes. Like, yeah, I yeah. think toilet paper was just on the on the rise in the looting right, in the looting right, scenario, right. and we yeah. just didn't think it was a big deal at all. And and then and I I remember I remember that was the last conversation we had because. Because the That's reason, wild. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this episode got delayed a year because yeah. we we're gonna do it in person, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like the year evaporated. Like who who has control of this past year? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. How did how did you do during quarantine? Like how was it for you? It was hard, man. Um, I mean, just to start, you know, do you we, live alone. I don't. I live with my my drummer and then a drummer for a different band and then my I live with three dudes. Okay. Um and. I went home to Carlsbad, like like San Diego area, for yeah. for uh, a few months, and then um, a lot of shit happened, man. Our band, uh, one of our members, Chris, left the band, and it was just like, uh, it's oh, all dude, good. Well, it's like it's like losing a uh, yeah. a family member, like losing a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know. Totally, yeah, it's intense for sure. But he had to do his own thing, and he's got it, you know, he's got his own project that he's working on and all that stuff. So, um, I don't know. It was just a very like for a band that had been just going and going and being like a band, like a d- democratic four person thing for, for like five years. We, yeah. I think we needed the pause. I think we needed the break to like assess what we needed for ourselves, you know? Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, but things are great now and things started getting better, but it's, it's just weird, man. I felt like so many people like reacted in different ways. And for me, a lot of it was to just kind of like work silently. So, I mean like really, you know, I got to like start this show, and take it more seriously because it was just like a thing that I wanted to do and now I do it and it's fun and it's like a good way to connect with people because I do crave like one-on-one conversations like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man, it was, it was, it was definitely a wild time, but, but things are good. Like, uh, forged through fire. I think like a lot of stuff happened to me specifically that I think were a benefit by the world pausing. Not that it's a good thing that like why, but yeah. You know, well, and that's what I want to like, you know, we, there, there are people who got sick. There are people who experienced, uh, friends, family getting sick. And that has been really heartbreaking because I know people who have lost family members and, and stuff like that. Um, but on the positive end, it is really interesting because a lot of people who were workaholics, thus myself, like this was a moment to take a breather and to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to whip out the PS4 and I'm going to actually like sit down and try to relax. Cause yeah. for me, it's like, I have a tough time relaxing. And and so I think there were some moments where I really, I, I think I had my lowest lows and my highest highs. I agree. Like, uh, like I, I lost my grandma and my aunt this year. Um, thankfully not to COVID. Um, but it was just too, it was a lot. And, and I think like, I went from there and like being scared of everything. Like I, I start, I get really like, I think I was getting like paranoid, like cabin fever kind of thing. Like I had all these very irrational fears. I was like scared to eat all this shit in my fridge. Cause I thought it was going to kill me and all this weird stuff. Yeah. And I went from that to, I moved up to, to Oregon for, for a little bit, for a couple months with my dog and just hiked every day, wrote music and was working from home kind of stuff. And, uh, and that like, cleared me like i i think that was a very cathartic experience and i don't think i would have done these things without being in quarantine and without somebody saying pause you know it's 
it's it's like for people in California, I think can can relate to this, but it's like, you know, every day is beautiful. So you have no excuse not to go outside. So when you get a rainy day, it's kind of this blessing of like, okay, yeah. cool. I can like stay in and like play a board game and watch a movie. And so it kind of pauses things. So that's, yeah, you know, that's been, that's been definitely nice. Oh, that's, I mean, it's huge. Like, uh, yeah, I totally agree. The work and the desire to like be on top of everything. I'm really sorry to hear about that. I saw you post about your grandma. I didn't realize you had two losses in a year, but it's all right. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. No, yeah. you guys, you guys must've been really close. Very close. And I think as I mentioned too, I was really, uh, paranoid and, and freaked out about death i mean that was like really what i what it was coming down to right and uh did I lose okay. you? No, you're oh good. there we are yeah um and and so yeah no i mean i was i was like there for it and uh, i think though and this goes out to anybody who's dealing with losing a loved one or anything but i think being there really helped and and like helped me get over the fear as well you know, we all like pontificate life and death and what happens when we die and, you know, the fear of like at any moment you can die or like whatever, you know, but it's just like, I guess when you're being, when I was there, there, like watching it happen, um, I just kind of made peace with it. And it was more of like this, this weight uh, uh, coming down, like yeah, uh, laying off of me. It's like a relief. Um, and also with my grandma, she was almost 99. She was 98 when she died and, mm-hmm. and she lived a, a great life. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah. So I, it's not, you know, it's not too bad, but it's, it was, it's interesting. I, I like learned a lot. Of course. And I it, mean, it's, I, uh, yeah. I, it's, I hear like, uh, just shaking hands of mortality. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, there's so much to be scared of. And I definitely feel like the hyper awareness of, our mortality was a lot of like the dread of last year. Like we were so aware of death last year and I can't even think about how much more difficult it was to compound that with like loss in your own circle and then have that not even be related to the thing that everybody else is freaking out about. That's like so many layers of stuff to work through. It's, it's it's intense, man. I I don't know if you did this, but I would check in every day if I was sick or not. Like I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, Okay. Yeah. So do, I, do I have a headache? No, no fever. I feel good. <laughs> All right. Like, let's go. I would do that every day. And, uh, and like, you know, have ginger juice or turmeric juice or just, just like be aware of like, I need vitamin C and like all this yeah, stuff. I was and, doing the same. I was doing yeah. The same it was like, that. it was kind of getting like intense. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, but it's, you know, things are getting better. I actually have a, uh, some shows coming up that I'm really stoked about. Um, so yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy to get back into it and dive back into it. It'll, it'll be really great. Can I ask you something about, um, about the trip? Like, uh, anything. Yeah. 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 I'm also, Uh, I'm an open book. So if you have any questions, I'm like, let's go for it. (laughs) Let's, let's talk about some, you know, gnarly shit. I don't know. Some shit. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the, uh, what's the question? Well, I'm curious if, um, when you're trying to break, take a break from all this stuff and we put so much pressure on, uh on like writing good songs and stuff that you want to be proud of and like putting out shit, you know, like I, I wonder, I wonder how easy it was like for you to go to Oregon and for you to get that time away because LA feels so rat racy to me that yeah. like, if I'm, if I, if the, right now yeah, there's a song I wrote yesterday, I don't like, and I'm mad and I'm like currently carrying it. Like I'm frustrated by it right now. And I wonder like was writing songs, 
in Oregon for you cathartic or was it like still kind of a weird relationship? You know what I mean? Because when I wrote when I read a song that I'm I'm happy with, I'm good for like a week or whatever. But right now I'm just like still pissed off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, everything I wrote in Oregon was absolute garbage. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not the kind of thing where it's like, nah, I'm sure you had some good. No, 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 no. I, I wrote shit. Like I wrote just crap, but I just like, I kept writing and writing. And you know what I love that you said is that you were frustrated, man. I've been so frustrated. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, if, if, if somebody said to any of us as musicians said, Hey, what if the world shut down and you got to just write music every day? I mean, I think all of us would be like, I mean, that would be the greatest thing ever. Like, please sign me up. That's what we've been bitching about not being able to do for years. I know. It's like, it's like you should come out to this party and you're like, nah, I got to record. Sorry. blah blah blah. And now, and and it's so funny. We all, I think, because I've talked to some friends about it. I've also watched interviews. I think, oh, what was really interesting was, uh, was the guy, the lead singer of King Gizzard was talking about how he mm-hmm. was having a tough time writing. And they, they're writaholics. I mean, they're like always writing. Yeah. Uh, Stu McKenzie, yeah. And, um, and yeah, they so crank they out had Westerns. such, yeah, I mean, so in the beginning of quarantine, when it first happened, I, I definitely had this attitude of like, this is the best ever. I'm writing up a storm, uh, blah, you know? And I would say by June was when it all, like I, I put out a little like uh, little EP on my band camp and then I kind of shut down. Like I really didn't write music until a couple months ago. And I was so, I had that mentality of every, I looked at everything I had written and I was like, it's garbage. All of it, all of it's terrible. It's like, I don't, not so much self-loathing as like, I'm the worst musician ever, but more as like, I'm just, I was like, I don't make stuff that I like. And so I, I, so I I took a break. And so, and when I was in Oregon, the funniest thing was I actually was writing. I wasn't writing for my band. I was writing like electronic stuff. Okay, I was kind of, yeah, yeah. I kind of picked a different genre and was just like, I'm just going to play around with like MIDI keyboards and stuff like that. And to be honest, I didn't like any of it, but uh, it was fun. I, I, it was fun to play around and stuff. So it's, I'm happy you said something. I mean, I, I really took a strong approach of that to, of the, of the trip to get out in nature and kind of like be with myself. And for that, I learned, I, I had a conversation with myself and thought, you know, what would I be doing if I wasn't doing music? If music wasn't my true passion where I wanted to follow. And like other things came up. And so I think that was really, really like eye-opening. And did you like, have any, I was honest with myself, you know? Did you have any strong inclinations of things that you're like, I got to carry this with me? It doesn't mean I have to give up music, but I got to carry this and keep doing it. It sounds like the nature aspect of it too, especially yeah. on a fucking surf trip right now. I really, I mean, I definitely would like to go into the therapy in some mm. sort of way, uh, shape or form, like family therapy or marriage counseling or something. Cause I also like, I, I, I like love. I like the concept of love and like relationship and, and things like that. So, and I, and I like to learn, like, I, I I'm in no way, shape or form a philosopher. Like I would never, <laughs> I'm not a philosopher, but I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I, the, I Al, the Alan Watts, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like self-help, but, you, but I hate the word self-help because everybody thinks of like Tony Robbins. Like they, they think of like the books of like 10 ways you'll be happy. And it's like, not, not that stuff more, <laughs> but more like based in spirituality and like, what is it we're really here on this planet for? And like, what are, you know, who are we and what are we doing and what makes us happy? You know? I mean, I consume, so, I consume so much of that stuff. And I, and I think that there's something, there's something clearly happening there. So how, how come so many people feel the need to 
read self-help books, listen to self-help podcasts, listen to like these spiritual and philosophical, like existential things. Like clearly like there's a deficit in everybody. <laughs> well, that, dude, like, it's because it's the fucking technology, man. It's yeah, like, it's, I, it's we're, we're like, we, we've created this kind of virtual world of like what's important and what's not important. And it's gotten really silly. And I think like a lot of people need to figure out what moves them, what drives them, you know, we, you know what's funny? I have something that I, I want to say because I think this may be interesting. I, uh, I I make playlists, a lot of a lot of playlists for friends mm-hmm. and stuff. When I'm in like playlist groups, and we have like prompts. And I I was doing one with a friend where it was uh, make a playlist of of stuff you listen to in elementary school, and then make a playlist of what you listen to in middle school. And my my elementary school one was awesome. I mean, it was like real big fish, limp biscuit, <laughs> corn. Three Day Grace, uh, Brand New, uh, what was another, Eve Six, you know, Who Best Stank? It was like stuff like that. And then my middle school one was like Joanna Newsom and <laughs> um, Air and Hot Chip and CSS and uh, Clap Your Hands and Say Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with these bands, Architecture and Helsinki. There's nothing wrong with these bands. I love these bands, but I, I, I remembered... I mean, that's a huge shift going from like yeah. heavy rock to this kind of like, it's much lighter. It's a much like, like softer and like subtle. And, and I, I remember that's when I started hanging out with a lot of kids in private schools and trying to fit in. And that's what they liked. I remember mm. meeting this girl who, who was like, oh, I like Celtic folk and I like bluegrass. And I didn't like it, but I was like, this girl's Sick. pretty cool. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. fit in, you know? So I was like, oh, I, I like, uh, <laughs> I like Joanna Newsom. I, I, that voice. Oh yeah. And it's funny, like going back now, I, I, Joanna Newsom is actually one of my favorites, but it's, but, yeah. but there was this point of like, ah, I'm just liking this. Cause somebody thinks I'm cool. Cause I like this. And well, I was going to uh, say you're, you're cool as shit as a kid, because all I listened to was like what I had available to me, which is essentially just Latin, like pop on the radio because that's what my mom played in the car. So like, that's I, cool though. Right, well, it's, it's part of my culture, you know. It okay, was all, cool. it, it's all like, you know, I, I, I like grew up, my mom's Guatemalan, so like I just listen to only Very music cool. in Spanish. And I like, dude, like I didn't like a band until like it was literally like Fall Out Boy and Red Hot Chili Peppers in like fifth and sixth grade, you know what I mean? I was super yeah. late to the game, but those were honestly things I liked. And then, yeah, you're right, then an influence comes in, or somebody tells you that Incubus exists, and you're like, I guess I gotta be cool and like this thing that I don't yeah. know if I really like, whatever that is, yeah. right. And, uh, and I mean, I also hear, cause you're, you're an LA guy like forever, right? Born and raised in Santa Monica. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like there's a lot of that stuff going on too, which is like you having to reflect the coolness of a city where kids have to be a lot more grown up a lot faster than in other cities. True. I went to public school and I really am so grateful for that because, you know, there's nothing wrong with private school. I just think that there's a lot more pressure. You know, there's people like money's involved and, yeah. you know, who do you know and who's your parents and all this stuff. And it just was like, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I was friends with a lot of those guys and I have no problems with them. They're all great. But at this public school, man, it was just like, I mean, I didn't like, I didn't like high school, but I was in marching <laughs> band. I was, I was lame, but, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I got a, a, a bit of a better real world experience if, that means anything. I mean, I, I, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for like the people I surrounded myself around, like 
who were around me and, and, uh, like who, just like who I was making music with and that kind of stuff. And I, I agree what you're saying about the Los Angeles thing. I think what's interesting is, you know, people come here and come here to be famous, come here to be stars. And I think growing up here, you really like the blessing is you get to learn like who's full of shit and who's actually authentic and who's real and who's like social climbing and who's like, you know, and, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I I love LA. I mean, I really, I I had a lot of friends leave. Like all my friends went to New York, which is funny. I was going to say they just uh, went to the other LA. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But they all came back and LA is cool. I mean, it's definitely flawed, but I think any city is flawed. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot going on. It's very competitive. And, 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 and you mentioned that and it's a rat race. I mean, it is like, that's the thing. If I, if I ever meet anybody, they're like, what do you do? And I almost feel bad saying music, you know, it's it's like, Oh, every single person I know makes music or every single person I know is an actor, an artist or a photographer or filmmaker. It's like, That's why I think it's cool when you meet somebody who's like, oh, I'm a doctor and I'm really passionate about it. Yes. You know, or like, oh, I'm, I don't know, some cool job that's, or cooking. I just met somebody who is a, a cook, or I, sorry, I should say chef. I don't think they like cook. They're a chef. And uh, <laughs> I was literally like, I like crapped in my pants. I was like, tell me more. That's, that's so interesting. I'm like, I never meet uh, chefs. I know. Yeah. So. When, you, when you meet our kind, you almost roll your eyes because you're like, Damn, I we're all if we're all this interesting, we're all boring, you know. But if you can just like distill that's it down to something, cool way, yeah. If you distill it down to something that's, which is just like, are you passionate about something? Because that's, I will say, when I meet other musicians or whether they're comedians or whatever thing they're doing in the city, yeah, I think all I need to do to connect to somebody, you're okay. I think all I need to do to connect to somebody is just like find the thing that makes them tick. That's all I want. Mm, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what gets you excited? Like. That's, that's like where we can all meet, you know, and anything is like related. And that's, and that's why I spend so much time, you know, whatever it is, consuming a podcast from somebody who's a psychologist, because they have some interesting thing to say about like childhood development. And it's like, dude, listen to you, man, you care about something. That's all I want to know, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, you know, I, I feel very lucky that it's like, we're, we're following a path where it's like, damn, we are. Oh, sorry. I just want to make sure you didn't spill water. Um, we're following a path that's very there. It's like a dirt trail. I mean, it's like, there is no path. We have to create it. We're freelancers. We have to find their next paycheck somewhere in the, in the mud, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's very, uh, like admirable. People admire it, but they also are like, good luck making money. You know, I it's know. like, yeah. it's, it's, and so it's also like, I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, I hear now that kids are when they get those pieces of paper in elementary school and it says like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Kids are writing like influencer down or like Apparently celebrity. That's the number one. Yeah. Influencer. I, I watched that fake famous wild, documentary and it's wild. like terrifying. And I think, but I think growing up when I was in there, I think that was what ours would like, like what I witnessed. It was, everybody was like, I want to be a rock star. I want to be an actor. I want to be famous. And, and it was like, I wish that people were like, Oh, Oh, I, I want to be a scientist or I want to like help people or things like that. I mean, it, it happens. Don't, cause I, 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 I actually, I used to drive for Lyft. I drove okay. for Lyft for like three years and I remember driving people and, and I drove a few people, you know, they'd be like, Oh, I'm like a rocket science engineer or something. I'd be like, that's sick. And they're like, Oh dude, it's like all I do. I'm obsessed. You know? And I'm like, God, we need that. You know, like yeah. not everybody can be an artist. And like, so, I mean, you know, anybody can be an artist, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like to, to have a functioning society, we need like, we need somebody to be interested in everything, you know? 
and, yeah, and, um, and maybe part of it's too, part of it's our echo chamber too. Part of it is probably the fact that we, because we're in this world, we think everybody else is in the world, but we're just like looking right. at one small thing right. through that lens. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. Totally. It feels like it's everybody, but it's really just a portion. I think um, also, uh, I just want to touch on one thing we were saying earlier about the like elementary school music taste. Mm. Um, I, I, I've talked to a lot of my buddies who are in music. It's interesting you say that you're listening to like the like Latino mixed pop radio because um, like I, I would say a lot of my friends who have good music taste, it's because they had an older brother, an older sister, yeah. uh, a cousin or somebody give them a CD when they were young. And that was like their holy grail. Yeah. You know, my friend Gabe got the, like the strokes. Is this it? Like when he was like six or seven and like blew his mind right. or like, you know, kids do on the Beatles, whatever. Like they get stuff from their parents. And, and, uh, and for me, I got really lucky. I, when I was six or seven, I got really, really ill and they didn't know what was wrong with me. And I remember being in the bathtub with like a 103 degree fever. My parents came in they're like, Hey, our friend brought you this box of CDs and it was just Whoa. a box of CDs. And that contained Limp Biscuits, Significant Other, Weezer, Flaming Lips, Modest Mouse. Like I was gifted the 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 like the crown, like the the Holy Grail. I was so enamored with all of it. Queen of the Dude. Stone Age, I remember, was another one. Oh it my was god, just that like, might have saved you, man. Yeah, I <laughs> I I mean, I was playing drums, I think, around that time. Cool. But that was when I was like, I was a musicaholic. Like yeah. a music hall, music hall. I don't know. But uh, I was like, hmm. I was the kid. I, I feel bad, but I also am so grateful that my parents just went, went along with it. But I was the kid that always had his headphones on. And yeah. I, I, I say headphones on cause I didn't have earbuds. I had the like over the ear ones and I had my CD player and my parents would be in the, in the front seat yelling at me and I'd have my headphones on like my head out the window yeah. and, you know, probably staring into the distance thinking I was cool. <laughs> but like, that was me. 24 seven. Right. And I always, I'm a very like a uh, outgoing, uh, like energetic dude. And I, I always remembered myself as that. I was always like, Oh man, I was always like kind of annoying to people. And that's why people <laughs> don't like me or something. I was always like rambunctious. And I, I recently actually, this is interesting in quarantine. I watched some old movies and I'm the quiet one. <laughs> I'm, I, you see me with my headphones on. I don't talk. I was like too enamored in music and so focused on that stuff. So um, yeah, I was really grateful to see that cause I had a totally wrong impression of who I was as a kid. Well, oh, isn't that the best? I mean, I think it's all about closing the gap between what you are perceived as and what you think of yourself. So that's really funny that like you have this perception that you're like uncontrollable chaos and you're like, no, I, I was actually just being a student the whole time. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, there was a mix cause I do have ADD and ADHD. So I know, oh, wow. I know that I was, I was crazy <laughs> and, and, but, but what I love is I noticed I had this thing where I would focus. Like I was very folk. I would hyper focus on things. And that is, that is really cool to me. I watched this thing. I can't believe I have this and I almost want to put it on YouTube, but I feel too weird putting it on YouTube, but it's a video <laughs> of, I'm not kidding. This is a true story. My dad filmed me at like age 12, mm -hmm. just asking me like questions about life. And he said like, oh, what sick. is your, to you, like, what is your idea of like success? And I was watching it literally ready to like i was like sweating being like oh god this is so cringe yeah, and my yeah. answer was honestly 
pretty like Sick. respectable. Like I was kind of <laughs> like, holy shit. You know, when you like look back on yourself and you're like, what was I 12, 13? You go, oh, I was so dumb back then. Yeah. Like that's, I think we all have that. And then like, I watched myself at 12 and I was like, I like, I knew what was up. Yeah, like, no. And in this video, I'm fat. I was a fat kid. I'm fat and I have a mohawk. And uh, I'm like, and a, and a face full of acne. And I was like, oh, I'm going to say the dumbest things. And I just like, I was like, you know, session, a lot of people like, you know, aim, look at money, being successful with, you know, having a lot of money. But, you know, to some, it's just like being content with their life. And I was yeah. like, whoa, whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, I was, I like, some of it was like really inspiring. And I was like, damn, all right. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, okay. Yeah. I definitely, I, when I think back to those times, 13, 14, it was me and my friends going to like Legoland and like being, <laughs> I was, I remember being particularly obnoxious to any employee thinking I was the funniest fucking kid. I must've been so annoying. I was the same sort of like outgoing, like I was like a good kid in school. Cause I had a big like authority thing, but if it was a thing where I could show off and like be, like you know what I mean like be like the one making my friends laugh yeah no I was like the most annoying kid in my cul-de-sac and that stuff you know hell yeah are you a and Leo I am indeed I knew it Leo's unite baby that's me too <laughs> I could smell it yeah <laughs> what's your birthday you look like a lion I you know like, I you, I, you got the lion vibe and my um, my, my grandma's a- maiden name is de leon <laughs> oh yeah oh that's yeah. sick um spelled d-e and then l-e-o-n yeah. Early on, yeah. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Um, I'm August 1st. Okay. Yeah. July 27th. We're like five days apart. Oh, nice. All right. Um, six, six, eight. You're older yeah. though. You're like, you're almost 30. No, 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 no. I'm 26. You're tw- oh, same age. Yeah. I'm a youth. Beautiful. 1994, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Living it up. Sick. Okay, <laughs> I didn't, cool. I, 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 uh, cause okay. I guess just to roll it back. I mean the way we met and we've only hung out a few times, but it's mostly through Noah, um, yeah. runner Noah. And I yeah. know you guys, you guys have known each other for, for ages, right? <laughs> yeah. We were in middle school band together. Look at that. And then he, he ended up going to private school and, uh, we kind of lost touch. And then what happened was, uh, there's a whole record I made that never saw the light of day. I went to like a fancy <laughs> studio and, uh-huh. and I remember I wanted trumpet on a song. And I was like, who do I know that plays trumpet? And yeah. I think I had followed him on Instagram and I was like, huh. I wonder if he, would, if he still plays trumpet, and I wonder if he'd do it for me. And we linked up, and he was he was really good. He was, like, amazing. And then what was funny was uh, my guitar player left, and I was like, I'm looking for a guitar player. And he's like, oh, well, I'm, a, I'm actually a better guitar player than I am trumpet <laughs> player. And I was like, oh, all right. And I remember being really bummed. It was almost like I was like, fine, show me what you got to do. Like, show me your <laughs> guitar playing, I guess. And he blew me – like, he was – I love that guy. He's like a brother to me. You know, like he ended up, we inspire each other so much. His music inspires me. My music inspires him. And we ended up playing lots of shows together. And he, you know, what was cool was I told him early on, I was like, my shows get wild. You know, I, I guess I looked and this is so mean. I, I feel like he'd be mad if I said this, but I, I think <laughs> I looked at him as like, I was like, I don't know if he can, if he can party. And then turns <laughs> out he could fucking get down. Cause we were like, I was like, Noah, the shows get a little wild. And he he and my bassist would like get <laughs> into it. And they would dress wacky and we'd have like the best times ever. So I'm just really grateful that I had that experience with him. I love him so much. And I'm sure you do too. He's a good oh, guy. He's yeah, he's he's the greatest. It's definitely one of those things. I met him doing like an acoustic house show and we got put on the bill together and we didn't know each other. And there was like this moment 
where like he played a chord and just the fact that it was like E chord in the same shape that I would play an E chord instead of whatever like the standard was. I was like, yeah, I'm, that's my friend. <laughs> I'm going to be friends with that guy. You that's know? so sick that and that it, moment. And it, yeah. And it happened that night and, and it was, you know, it was great. But, uh, but yeah, but like, I think there's just like that thing where like you just have the same DNA as somebody, whether that's like what, you know, whatever year yeah. you just, you know, like discovered the stuff that you discovered and, and like just a lot of the same sensibilities. He's, he's one of those people that I'm really happy to have found. And, and it's funny too. Cause like for this record that we're working on right now, I have a song I want trumpet on. And I already like assumed, I'm just like, I'm going to have Noah yeah. do it. I haven't asked yeah. him yet. Like he doesn't know that I think this and I've thought this for like six months. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you kind of always think you're like, okay, well, Noah will do that part. And then yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, do you, so have you always been like a band person forever? Like what was the moment when you were like, you know, I'm going to start taking this. Cause I know, um, there's always a moment right like online where you're like oh cool like sensitivity is getting attention too and that must have been like a moment where you're very happy and feeling potential validation from you know the the randomness of the internet i wonder if you feel like you like you know took advantage of that or if it affected how you like put music out following that too you know yeah there's a few questions in there i'll try to start with the first one so when you parse it out when, when you say, like, when you were doing a band, like, what do you mean, per se? Because I played in a lot of bands before I did Warrington. Okay, so, so like, I yeah, I did the same. I played in a lot of bands, but I was never in school band. So, I went, like... Okay. Did I you did transfer? Marching band. Yeah. I did marching band. I did drumline. I think I played a little bit in, like, jazz band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry, and then what was, what was your question? Yeah, so when did you start doing, like, high school garage oh, like bands music, and shit? music. Yeah. Oh, okay. So in high school, my, uh, yeah, in high school, my guitar player, lost you again, come back. (laughs) There you go. In high school, my guitar player, uh, was in marching band as well. Mm -hmm. And he lived five, 10 minutes from the school. So he had a recording room. And so we would go to his house and we would like ditch last class and like go play music and just jam for hours. We turn off the lights and I, I was, I'm a drummer. And so he's a guitar player and we just jam for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And he had like a, two Marshall half stacks and a ton of pedals. So it was just all like psyche and weird. And yeah, that was, I think the like beginning of like, okay, rock band before that. Uh-huh. I actually, funny enough, I was a DJ, but not just a DJ, like a scratch DJ. I was really into making hip hop beats and like vinyl turntables and scratching and that's when i had one of my friends showed me logic pro and i started like you know doing some like uh production stuff kind of thing that's awesome that it was so early oh yeah no this was like eighth grade too that's amazing nuts because his dad was an engineer and so his dad taught him everything Mm -hmm. and this kid this kid was in the eighth grade knew like every ins and out of logic pro and i was just like can you teach me like can you (laughs) show me what you're doing and I, I learned the basics to where I then could go and, and make beats and stuff. And, you know, it was just, yeah, it was amazing. So I, I've been doing it for a long time. And then I'm going to start Warrington. I started Warrington in like 12, uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was just leaving high school. It was either 2012 or 2013. And uh, yeah, man, that was my first like... I was like, okay, we're doing it. Like this is a band. I played in, like I said, I played in like a bunch of bands. I met, I would meet people and they'd be like, oh, I need a drummer. Like I need a 
keyboard player and I'd play in those bands, but nothing ever like was serious. Yeah. Um, I got really lucky. I, I recorded a lot with a dude who had a really nice studio, helped out like producers. I would be like their intern or something. So I like rose through the ranks a little bit, did like bitch work, never had to clean a toilet, which was nice, but I had to do some, some stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would say in 2013 did Warrington. And then what was, what was the, the next part of the question? I'm oh, sorry. I just want to pause there. I like, I, I, I sent it on a different run, but I think it's great because part of the thing about you is you have like a lot of utility because your strengths are in things that most people weren't, everybody wanted to be a guitarist singer guy. And the fact that you were a drummer, producer, keyboard player, like really allowed you to get in situations, I bet that you wouldn't have otherwise been because it would have been like competitive otherwise, right? Well, well, what I'll say is is yes and no. I mean, the cool part. Well, okay, so I'll say when I was in high school, my philosophy was always: if you want something done, you got to do it yourself. Okay. Because I didn't know anybody on my level, and 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 not to say there wasn't kids on my level doing this. I just was like in my head being like, I know what I want, but like, Oh no, that kid plays bass, but he won't, he won't understand. And like that kid plays guitar, but he, Oh, he only reads chart music. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'll teach myself guitar. So I just started, like, I taught myself guitar, taught myself bass, tried to figure out like a reel to reel, like all these things. I was just trying to like put these together. And I, I must've sound like a nutcase coming home. Like I worked at uh, Baskin Robbins was one of my uh-huh. first jobs. And I, I like every paycheck went straight to Craigslist music gear and I love my parents would just hear me come home and be like, okay, no, I need to buy some tables. And then I have to work, cut up this. And they'd, they'd be like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing out there? And I was like, I just need, I just need these drum heads. These are really good. You get a really good sound and then a mic to them. You know, I was probably, yeah. Anyways. Um, so yeah, no, no, that was, that was a blessing because I could, I could hop in on a lot of sessions and they, you know, I could say, oh, I'm a drummer. And then it's like, oh, we need piano. It's like, well, I also play piano. And then right. it's like, I, uh, I also picked up mandolin. I never had to play it on a record, but I, I could. And, and so, so yeah, there, there were definitely things like that. But I remember, so I, I went to Berkeley School of Music for a little bit. And I, I was so nervous being there because, you know, everybody's a prodigy. Kind of like what you're saying. It's like, there's guitar players, there's drummers. Like, I didn't know anybody who was like a, 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 a jack of all trades kind of thing. Because yeah. I admit, like, I'm not good at any of my instruments. Like, or, or I'm not you know, I can fake it kind of thing. And so yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I look at myself now and it took me a long time to realize this is like, I'm a songwriter. Like I have songs in my head and I want to like put them down and I try to put them together with what I have around me. And so when I was at Berkeley though, I was really scared because the drum room, I was too scared to go in there because everybody's playing blast beats and rush fills. And yeah. I was like, okay, fuck that. I play folk music. I, no, 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 no. Right. And so when people would be like, show me something and we'd have these like coffee house lounge you know, show and tells I couldn't play guitar. Cause I was like, dude, I only know like four chords, but then I would like whip out my iPod and be like, check out this, this beat I made. And they would go, Holy shit. You right. made this And you played all these instruments. And I'd be like, yeah, is that good? You know, I like, didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> right. So like that was, so the iPod was really like where I flourished. I could like r- record something, put the beat on there and then show it to somebody. And here it is with you today. There you go. In now, the front seat. <laughs> they're all laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. Dude, yeah. Um, you know what's really funny? Sure. is uh, I, I just talked to my buddy who uh, who also did a little like summer course at Berkeley. And he, uh, oh yeah, that's what it was. I was at his studio and I was playing his guitar. And he goes, you know what's a crazy thing about that guitar is I bought it off somebody 
uh, at Berkeley and they said they found it. Like they just saw the headstock sticking up out of a dumpster and pulled it out. And it was like a perfectly good, like Mexican strat. Whoa. Like perfectly fine. And, and we, we were all just like, I, I like how that got there. I'm sure it's some frustrated musician at Berkeley <laughs> being like, God, mental break. Just toss it in it's the like, fucking dumpster. I'm fuck this. I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, it's like the only way it could end up in there you know in perfect shape <laughs> that's awesome yeah. yeah that's really funny um okay the other thing i was i was uh, alluding to earlier is yeah. that you know you you work on these songs put something out i i wonder what what the moment is with sensitivity, sensitivity when you yeah. start to realize i i'm, I'm guessing because we you know we have the same words like the song that people will generally know you for because of a spotify algorithm but also yeah you know, your relationship with that song, whether you're like, I, you know, I'm cool playing this one. Cause I feel like it represents well. Cause, uh, well, I'll put you to that first because I have a, yeah, I have a yeah, thing yeah, about yeah. you. Yeah. That's a, it's a great question. I think some people are, uh, a little uncomfortable to talk about these things, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty open. Like I've always been pretty open about like what the, you know, goes on be, behind closed doors about things like this. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's frustrating was sensitivity was about a really like personal experience. And I, I, I felt some sort of like, and I, I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm not saying this to put on a show, but I really like when I wrote that song, I felt this like electrified kind of ex- like, I, I could tell I was like, okay, I'm on to something here and it felt good releasing it, but it's something that I can't go back and listen to. I like, I can't mm. listen to that recording. I don't like it. And, um, cause I think today now there's a lot of things I would have done different and maybe that's for good or for worse. I'm not too sure. Um, and, and yeah, so it, it definitely was the kind of thing I'm sure, you know, a lot of people experience when they have stuff on YouTube where it was like, dude, that record was out for, I think a year or two before it got picked up. And it was kind of the thing where I woke up one morning and it's like somebody called me and they were like, dude, check out like Spotify. And then I started making a paycheck from it and it was like, holy shit, like, I guess I may have a career in music, you know? Right. Um, Cause that's how people look at it from afar. They're like, okay, you're, you're a musician. You're either making money or you're not. And so totally. now I was like, so okay, I'm actually, binary, right? yeah. yeah, it's like that strict. It's like you either make money or you don't. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I started, I started making money and I was like, okay, cool. I, every penny I got from that, I was like, I'm putting it back into music. I'm going to buy some better gear. I'm going to start writing more music. And, um, I think that it, it definitely threw me off because what happens is you make a little bit of money and you're like, okay, this is what people want. Let me, let me try to replicate this. Let me try to make something similar. Let me try to make something that vibes at the same time. You're like, I got to stay true to myself. Why would I, you know, fit in this? Like, I want to make stuff that I like. So it's not, it's not so much going out of like, fuck what I was doing before. Like, let's just give the people what they want. It's not so much that, but it's definitely this idea of like, well, be nice to make a little more money so I can like, you know, actually eat and live and like, just, you know, you know, and also just make people happy, give people what they want, you know? Um, and, and that was where I got fucked up because it's like, at the end of the day, my best advice is make shit you want to hear, make shit that you like, make shit that you think is cool that that's pushing boundaries that makes you happy yeah um i tell people like listen to the radio and then like go and write music that you wish play was playing on the radio right you know like what you would want to hear i love that you're speaking exactly to to like my i guess i don't know like my insecurities because that's what happens is like 
something catches or like you get some recognition for something and then you think you have to be that person. So I, well, the worst thing that can ever happen to me is when I'm in the process of writing and I start thinking too many steps ahead. I start thinking about how the song's going to do before I even finish the fucking song. And yep. it's, it's like Damn, the dude. least, yeah. it's the least healthy way to think about it because yep. now you're writing to an audience that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You're not writing for yourself. And, and the, the, the quandary is like the fact that you're talking about like your song specifically that caught was one that like was a raw nerve. That's a recording that you're not comfortable with. I'm sure is the reason that it connected with so many people. Dude. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yes. And so what I'm going to add to that, and this is the most beautiful thing that people don't understand is when I wrote my early shit, like Phantophobia is actually my second album technically. Cause okay. I put something on Bandcamp, but that was in a time where I definitely, I beat to my own drum. Like I did mm-hmm. my own thing. I didn't yeah. listen to anybody. Like I would write music and it's not like I would give that music to people and say, well, what did you think? I just did it. And then I, and I said, fuck it. And that's what people resonate. When you beat to your own drum, when the kid in the corner, like playing acoustic music and you're like, what the fuck is that kid doing? And he's been doing it for 20 years. That's the kid who's going to be making cool shit. It's not the guy who's trying to like fit in. Cause like everybody's like, you want to write about personal shit and then you get all like scared about it. And then people are like, are you really going to say that? Or like, you know, it's this whole thing where it's like, just put out the stuff that you think is like relatable that you think is good. If you like it, it's good. You know, I was, I, I'm a huge fan of Beck and I, and I was yeah. watching all these old thing, old interviews and videos of Beck recently when he was doing mellow golden first starting out. I love this one. I, this one thing I was watching where he like just shows up to a bar with his acoustic guitar and starts playing. And the people in the back are like, is he with you? And they're like, no, I thought he was with you. And they're like, what is this kid doing? You know? <laughs> and like that guy ends up beating to his own drum and, and just like Being killing back. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, that's my best advice. I mean, I like Frank Zapp also says, it's like, what, like just my best advice is just keep going. Just like, keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep, keep going. Never stop. Yeah, man. And, and, and just, just be honest with yourself. I mean, here's the thing, dude. It's so so much easier said than done because there's so many thoughts that go through your head. And then there's also moments where you like doubt yourself, you know, like, like what you're saying is like, you're already thinking about how it's going to do and oh, is it going to fit in this Spotify playlist or not? And then, and then you kind of have that moment where you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then you're like, now I'm embarrassed by myself. And you're like, I gotta walk away. (laughs) Like there's so many thoughts when it's like, like my whole thing is I've been trying to like live inside my head. It's like that it seems so selfish because it's like, I want to just not listen to other people and just be Warner and like Warner to the fullest. I think it's healthy. I don't think it's selfish, man. I think it's okay. <laughs> I, I think it's selfish to me. Cause I like, I'm somebody who puts people before myself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, I like, I, I, you're a Leo. So I feel like you're, you're also very caring. So I think you do relate to that. But um, yeah, I, I just, I have a problem with like me time kind of thing. So it's like, it's like very distracting, but if I can get there, it's like, that's, it's like the whole like, uh, hyper Dude, focus, you know, it's, it's the just, reason you wanted a van in the first place is cause you're always trying to like be the one around other people and drive. Exactly. You know? I'm a mom. I have this literally <laughs> box of like, uh, utilities. Like my friend, he had some wine the other night and he's like, damn, I don't have a bottle opener. I was like, I have a bottle opener. And then it's like, you know, <laughs> let I, me take I care band-aids, of you. band-aids, gum, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's some block. Whatever you need, it's like I I don't I don't know why I do it. It just makes me happy to like 
be that guy to nurture like, prepared yeah. yeah exactly i'm a mother i'm a jewish mother please just let me let me help you um but yeah so so it definitely threw me off but um it's it it, it goes in and out i mean i've had you no know, i i think the what's really helped out is during quarantine i've done a lot of creative writing and oh, nice. um you know my brother's my brother has been a i'm an older brother and he's uh he's a he's a tough cookie like he Growing up, he was not a guy, he's not very lovey-dovey, but uh, he said something actually that in quarantine that like changed me a lot. And uh, I told him I was writing some creative, I was doing some creative writing. And I told him I was just writing short stories. And he was like, well, let me read one. And I let him read, re- uh, he, he read one. And uh, you know, he's always been really tough on me. Like I, my older brother was not somebody who taught me about girls or did any of that. Like we, we were very distant in that, in that realm. And I just think it was really interesting cause he kind of, it was a moment where I kind of asked him, I was like, well, what do you think? And he was like, you know, I, I was, I was a bad student growing up. So mm. my family used to like, like my uncle and whatever, they, they always knew me as like the dumb kid. And, uh, that sounds so bad, but I just like, I, 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 for a long time, I was like, I just didn't feel like I was the smart one. But anyways, long story short, he says to me, he's like, you know, Warner, you, you, you not, you can't write a, a resume to save your life, but you're a very good creative writer. And I, like, that was the spark where I was like, holy shit. Like, cause I, I think, cause I respect my brother a lot. I was like, damn dude, if you're a smart guy, he's the, he's the brainy any smart guy business guy in the family so i was like damn if you really like like what i write like i i i felt the confidence of like okay then i might have something here right you know yeah it gassed so, you up and it came from a, it came up. from a good place man it came from somebody who you're like you like got that moment with that with that person in your life right yeah 100 100 i felt i felt like a million bucks honestly and um you know, I think as you probably know, we go through phases. You know, we have really good days where we're like, feeling it. Let's write some music. This is great, you know? And then days and you're like, what am I doing? And I think a lot of that too is, you know, being surrounded by other creatives that who are making cool shit. Because you have to remember, like when you're at Berkeley, I remember um, being a freshman and it felt so competitive, man. It yeah. felt like... I wanted to like die. I was so embarrassed. I was like, this king can play guitar underwater. It's like, cool. I don't, what, what is that? What does that so, do for me? And, but yeah, it's that. And then you also like go to sleep and you're like crying and you're like, I wish I could play guitar underwater. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I remember talking to some of the seniors and they're like, dude, once you get to be a senior, you realize it's like, it's about collaboration. It's about getting mm. that kid who can play underwater and play on your record because he can't play drums, but I yeah. can. So you collaborate and it's teamwork and whatever. And I'm like, that's beautiful. And I've noticed that now in the music world where it's like, we're all making cool stuff. You know, let's, we got to work together. I think, you know, it's interesting is I think, sorry, I, I, I just like interrupted you, but I just want to say one last thing. I think, no, uh, by the way, it's, it's, t- it's your interview. I'm on every episode. So go, okay, go, go right, for it. Right. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I've gotten really bad at social media recently. And I think that's what, <laughs> deters a lot of people um or or gives people the wrong idea like i've reached out to some bigger musicians and they won't respond to me yeah and i think like when when that happens our initial response is like oh they're an asshole or like "Eh, like whatever too cool for me huh yeah yeah, yeah. but 
I as and look, I am no big musician, but I've learned. I, I I've really tried to minimize my time on my phone, and I've realized it's hard to respond to everybody, and it's hard to like. Uh, I feel like you have to be on a certain level to like be focused on your phone and stuff, and so I, you know, I, I really tried to like just kind of go away from the phone for a little bit, taking breaks and stuff. And so I, I'm like not able to get back at, to everybody. And I also was getting a lot of spam mail, um, like on Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff. And so I realized I was like, damn, I, I think I'm that guy to some people where it's like, oh, right. he's yeah. Mr. Popular. I remember I got hit by some friends in, in, uh, in high school, some, like uh, friends from high school who hit me up now, who was like, dude, Mr. Like big and famous. Like, what are you doing these days? And I, I saw it was like sent like a month ago and I felt weird to then respond, but I'm sure they're probably thinking like, yeah, big money. He thinks he's too cool. And I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah, man. I <laughs> definitely, know? Oh, like, it's so sad. Like people, people are like, you're big leaguing me, but it's, it's not the case, you know? Dude, and, I, yeah, I swear that's such a, not it. It's, 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 it's distracting too. Yeah. It's distracting too, because as artists, it's like, I, there's, I love people. I love surrounding myself around people, but I also, when I'm working on music, I like almost like I most of the time will put my phone on airplane mode Yeah, or I like my phone's in the other room. Cause I like, can't, I need to focus. And it's like, I bet you feel this way. Respect. I feel, I bet you feel this way too. Cause, cause I want to be around people every second. And that's like probably the biggest distraction for me is, is the desire for social interaction. So, so like to, the, to write a song actually required an insane amount of discipline to even get me in the room away from other people, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And dude, before, that was hard before, enough. <laughs> before quarantine, it's like, you know, over the weekend, it's like, Hey, you want to come to this party? And you're like, well, I can either write this song or I can right. go to this party. And then you're like, well, the song was not going anywhere. We'll go to the party, you know? Yeah, there'll and be so, other songs. You don't say yeah. there'll be other parties. <laughs> yeah, you don't say there'll be other parties because you're always scared of that one night where it's like, dude, you know, Soldier Boy came and he did a set, <laughs> man. He was standing on the bar. And oh my gosh, you sh- like that'll never happen again. And you're just like, fuck, fuck. You know, you're just like. I blew it and this song was <laughs> shitty anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. And that's the thing, you don't know. Because like know. sometimes you work on songs and you're like, this is pretty tight. And then sometimes you work on songs and you're like, oh, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about just picking it up every single time you, you, you want to. It's about turning the keyboard on or picking up the guitar. Like just like every time because it might be yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Um, um, man, I feel bad. I, I kind of wanted to hear from you, but I, maybe I'll talk to you in person. Cause yeah. like, I guess on your podcast, it's like, We've heard from you enough. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, give me one second. I'm gonna run to the bathroom and then I'll come back with my like lightning round questions. Okay. Oh, tight. Okay. All right. Sweet. I one thought second. you were kidding for a second. But okay. Tight. 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 No, I, I'm 100 percent real. <laughs> one Go second. tingle, man, or, or boom, boom, whatever you gotta do. Lightning round. Getting ready for lightning round. We're getting ready for lightning round. We're gonna have some questions that are gonna be fast. We're gonna have to answer them fast, fast. Good boy, Boochie boy. That's good boy, Boochie boy. He's a coconut. He's a coconut. Hi. Oh, yo. <laughs> What's oh. that? Wait, can you actually, can you hear me? Yeah. What's your dog's name? That's Gus. Okay, wait. So really quick, I have, I have a hunch. One of the biggest bummers for me with quarantine is like not 
going to comedy shows. Like I miss the hell out of that shit. Comedy? Yeah, and I have a hunch that you're that's like exactly your vein. Oh my gosh, dude. You're talking to the right boy. Yes, I freaking <laughs> love comedy. I actually wanted to be a comedian before I was thinking about being in music. We're well, gonna music. Funny, man. I had a hunt I had a feeling that that was like potentially in your DNA. Who are like your guys? Thank you. I'm like so flattered. That makes me that's <laughs> so sweet. I like I, I don't know if I'm funny or like I, I think some people would call me immature. So I like I'm I feel that makes me feel good. <laughs> Who are my guys? I mean, like I grew up watching Tim and Eric. Like I love that oh, okay. kind of alternative yeah. uh, com- comedy. Um, I mean, Chris Farley. I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Chris Farley. Like that was my shit. Um, let's see. I mean, I what do I like thinking like recently? I was a huge Eric Andre fan. I don't know if you know, like I worked on his show. Oh, you did? I didn't um, know that. Yeah. You know what I'm watching right now yeah. that, that he was in that I didn't know was amazing is Man Seeking Woman. That show's actually really great. Yeah. That's a good show. What? Why did, um, that, why did nobody watch that show? <laughs> I don't know. I think FX has a tough time with like some of their shows. Like I think it's always sunny was, was not a part of that, but the other shows they have, they did. I just, I never think they last. And I always thought they were pretty cool. Yeah. Me too. But, I feel like it's literally, what? it's always sunny in Atlanta. And if it's not one of those two shows, nobody cares, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest with you. You know, what's weird is I, uh, I used to be a TV guy, mm. like TV shows kind of thing. I liked animation. And, uh, honestly, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I, I, recently I've become a YouTube guy. Wow. Like if I'm going to sit down and watch something, I'll, I'll watch like a YouTube video. It's nice because it's like five, ten minutes instead of a half an hour show. Okay. And um, I, I'm very fast paced. It sucks. Like I eat my fucking lunch driving. <laughs> like right. I'll grab a sandwich and then dr- eat it while I drive home. And then when I get home, I work again. Right. So I'm kind of like going, going, going. And uh yeah, so I'll be like, I need a break. So I'll just watch like a 10-minute YouTube video. And I like this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's called This Isn't Happening. Oh, and it's uh, this like the, Comedy the, Central special. That happens right from right down the street from my house at the Cheetahs. Yeah, at yeah. the at the Laugh Factory, right? Laugh Factory, yeah. The, no, yeah, the Laugh Factory, yeah. Oh, really? I thought, was, I thought it was at the strip club, the Cheetahs strip club. Oh, they may do it there. Oh, I, I love Cheetos, dude. That place rules. I saw Kieran J. Callen in that. That was a great show. <laughs> I think it was funny because you had like every hipster kid in town in this like like rather <laughs> I don't seedy. I don't want to say let's call it like seedy. seedy. There you go, yeah. seedy <laughs> strip club. And I don't think the, any of these hipster kids were there to give any of these strippers money. <laughs> no, and they so were they were like to, they're trying to yuck with with like Jewish comedians on the stage. <laughs> There you go. They were trying to like talk about the next Mac DeMarco record and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it was tight. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like, I like that, that program a lot. I think that's great. Cause I like these stories of like, like a near death experience or like right. a drug trip or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, for anybody been, listening who doesn't know the show, it's just comedians telling real stories. So like it's a, it's a routine in a sense, but, but, I don't know. There's something too about the honesty about it feels a little more on the fly. Yeah. yeah. The, the theme is the theme is like, I can't believe this is happening. So it's like a moment in your life where it was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever experienced. Right. And, uh, and some of these stories are like really gnarly, whether it's like, I, w- I watched one last night where this guy got stabbed in the face. Um, 
There's another one. This one was gnarly. Tom Segura talks about the a night where he he uh he oh is it Tom maybe it was another guy. I think it was Tom, but yeah, he he OD'd and like badly. And the, the the like theme of the story that's kind of funny is the doctor said you you survived because you're fat. <laughs> it was like because you're a fat guy. Like they were like a thin guy wouldn't be able to like handle that, but because you're a fat guy. In this situation, the doctor seems like the way he says it, he's like, in this situation, being fat was the benefit. Like, the being fat is the reason <laughs> right. why you're alive. He's like, right, right. And, then he, and then he's like, yeah, so after that, I ate a bunch of cheeseburgers. And like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, could, that could be Tom or Burt Kreischer. That one sounds like either one of those guys. Uh, oh, yeah, forget. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I love, I love comedy, man. I'm glad you brought that up. I think comedy is so sick. Um, I, I, like, I never could do stand up that it takes a lot of like guts to do that. Um, but I loved, I loved like improv. That was my, Same. my shit. Yeah. Same. Did, I think you that, did improv? No, I've never done it. I really, I really love it. It scares me too much. And I think that, um, this is the closest is a, at least to have a you know, be in the same medium as a lot of these comedians who are just doing podcasting stuff. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, it's just reminding ourselves that like, we're not just here to like write songs and make music and, comedy dude it's so scary to me and it's such a different thing that i think uh it's just it's not i just like going to those shows more than concerts at this point to be completely honest with you you know wow um they're they're pretty uh, entertaining yeah but i think more more than anything it's just it's not my world it's somebody else's world you know what i mean yeah yeah um but i know like like your shows are wild man you get crazy on stage and i'm sure to me part of that is like this is the comedian performance and you get to like infuse it in the other thing like in your world right right? i like yeah i i definitely um because i was i thought about it too i was like well i can't mix music and comedy like i didn't want to be do like the bo burnham or like weird al yankovich thing right but i was like but maybe i could like i think you know what it was the changing point i remember seeing father john misty live a long time ago like right Mm -hmm. when he put out that record fear fun and i remember he was so funny like his stage banter like his stage banter between songs was essentially like stand up. Right. And I was like, damn, this guy is so sick, makes great folk music, and is also like funny. Like he's likable and funny. I was like, that's kind of what I want to do. And I grew up on on ska music, and I remember seeing the Aquabats a lot, and they put on Hell some yeah. of the most wild performances ever. <laughs> if you don't know the band, it's the ska band that dresses up as superheroes. And they fight monsters on stage, like in between (laughs) songs. It was actually where Travis Barker originated from before Blink-182. And uh, they like, I've seen them. That's crazy. They did a show. Yeah, they were, they were actually, it's crazy. Blink-182, I believe was opening up for the Aquabats. And uh, they had this big tour and Blink-182's drummer was, I think, doing like Coke or something. And they're like, he's kind of a mess. And so they're like, can we take Travis? Cause he's really good. We're about mm-hmm. to get signed by Sony or whatever, whatever label I'm like probably giving the wrong story, but it's like something like this. And anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, they took him and God, that's, I, I know they're very happy for him. Be- yeah. And I saw Algobats did like a reunion tour and I saw Travis play with them. And it was like, I, it was like my childhood dream. Like yeah. I remember if you asked me as a 12 year old or younger being like, what is your dream concert? I would have said like to see the Aquabats play their first album in full um, with Travis on, on drums. And like, <laughs> I saw that. So that was like a performance of its own, but 
That's incredible. Uh, what I was going to say was, and what I'm trying to get to is they, they do shows where they like fight bad guys. And um, like they did one where it was like this earwig monster and they were like, it's very like kid friendly, but it's like yeah. fun kid friendly. Like they'll be like audience, like, what do we do? Like the earwig monster, like, like our punches <laughs> don't work or whatever. And everybody was like yelling shit out. And he's like, that's right. We'll light them on fire. And they fucking <laughs> brought on a flamethrower and they start lighting this like, like suited up, like earwax monster on fire and then like like mosh 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 and everybody's like skanking and running around and like it's like a mosh pit but everybody is so friendly it's like the mosh uh moral code is like at its all-time high so you see somebody fall like somebody just grabs them picks them back up everybody's smiling and hugging and it's like the nicest mosh you've ever seen and everybody's a big hug everybody it's a big giant hug with energy yeah One hundred percent, and uh, it's not for everybody, and it, it's definitely a time and place. But it's these moments where I'm like, "Holy fuck!" Like, if anybody was like, you were not there and like sad, like you were, you were smiling <laughs> where it hurt. <laughs> right, I love that, man. Well, uh, uh, and to to speak to your old, earlier point, I heard, um, uh, like I heard Father John one time talking about when he was doing Jay Tillman and his issue was like, he realized people didn't give a shit when he was singing, but they, yeah. they, they, they perked up when he started banter, you know? And when he would talk between songs, that's what everybody cared about in the audience. And he was like, how can I turn that into the show? And that's when he started writing 100%. like more comedic self-aware lyrics, you know? And like, it's almost funny. Cause you're like talking about two, different ends of the spectrum. One is like all energy, very in your face. Here's the wildness. And the other one is like, uh, uh, like an intimate version of the exact same thing, you know? And it's interesting you say that because I think comedy has woven its fingers through music in like so much and we don't even notice it. I mean, I think, I think hip hop has gotten really silly. I mean, these songs about like, like cupcake now cupcake is so, I think it's, sick i love cupcake but like some of these lyrics are pretty silly like duck duck goose that's a that's a silly song there's no doubt about it it's a great song but you know at the end of the day it's like it's it's got comical aspect and i think hip-hop has done it i think folk i mean father john misty sings about funny stuff too um you know like whitmer thomas man like like from even from the other side you see people like whitmer thomas it's like that he's kind of getting to live his like rock and roll dream but he came in through comedy you know I actually don't know Whitmore Thomas. Oh, okay. He's a, he's a, he's rad. I'll send you, I'll send you a video afterwards. It's cool. Did, were you ever into, were you ever into Mr. Show with Bob mm-hmm. and David? Mm-hmm. You ever watch that? Yeah. God, I love that. Like Tom Kenny. And- I got to play a show with Tom Kenny and his band and I was kind of freaking out, but band? everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a band called Tom Kenny and the high seas. And, um, <laughs> And I was more freaking out because of Mr. Show. Everybody else is like SpongeBob, but I was like, dude, Mr. Show though, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And to see like, like that's like, what people understand. The guy who played SpongeBob is like a very funny comedian. Yeah. Like he's a great actor. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I also love Paul F. Tompkins. I mean, all those dudes yeah. are so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the comedy Bob. Bang Bang crew as well. I, Did you I know that stuff. Bob Odenkirk wrote for Chris Farley? I didn't know that. I know he wrote on SNL, but I didn't wrote know on SNL. Name. He ended up writing most of Chris's bits because I love this. I watched the Chris Farley documentary, and they were saying the Hulu Chris one, right? was a horrible writer. Oh, Chris really? was like the only bit they ever produced that he wrote is a bit called Puppy Lawyer, and they said it bombed. 
And I think that's so funny. So they ended up, Bob, I, I'm pretty sure Bob wrote the uh, motivational speaker sketch. That makes sense. Matt Foley. And uh, I think that's amazing. I mean, like, yeah, I just, I, that, I mean, I'm just like forever indebted to like Bob being Dude. like, like, yeah. Right. We'll talk about your strengths. You know what I mean? It's like Chris Farley is like the best performer ever. So we don't need to try and force him to be a writer. Just like give him the yeah. shit. He'll make it funnier than it was. You know, he was like the quintessential slapstick comedian. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think that is what kind of also destroyed him. Cause I think like at the end of the day, it's like fatty falls down kind of thing. Sure. But he was so good at just like, get being so loud and intense and then coming down and being so small and then breaking something. And I just, yeah, I, I, I definitely like, I turn into that a lot when I'm around a lot of people because my like immediate like thought is I, uh, as a Leo, I think is like to entertain. I yeah. love to make people happy. I love to make people smile. I love to be silly. And when there's connect. enough people watching, I yeah. like, I, that's when I do stupid stuff and that's why the shows were getting fucking wild and crazier and crazy because they just kept getting crazier and crazier because i was like all right i i have to top myself and, <laughs> yeah. you know i've i've heard a lot of comedians talk about this where it's like they'll do something crazy and they're like okay well now i have to top that and it's like that's when it gets scary because then you're like dealing mm. with like shit where you're like wow i can i can get seriously hurt or i can get in serious trouble and you're like well the people want what the people want. Let's give them what they want, you know? And, and that's when you get unhappy. So yeah, man, that's another thing. The pandemic has kind of helped out because when I go back, it's a big um, reset. The, the shows, yeah, the shows are going to have a little bit of a shift and for, for, for good, for really good. Right. Good right, for well, everyone. Well, I'm going to run you through the, my lightning round. Okay. It doesn't yes, mean you have yes, to, sorry, yeah. you know, you're good. You don't have to answer the questions quickly. It just, it's just the questions I ask everybody. So, uh, what is your favorite show you've ever played? My favorite show I've ever played. Um, that's, that's a toughie. Is it, is it like, what about it? Well, I guess that's up to you. Just any, any good show story. What, what made a show good? What, you know, why would you consider it like your favorite or, or the best? I guess I usually say best. I don't know why I said favorite today, but I did. <laughs> that's so tough. I've loved every show i've played i i've loved the shows where there's no one there i've loved the shows where we've sold out okay how about, how, here's this thing. i'll twist it for you what, what's like one wild uh show antic that made something like kind of epic because we're because we're talking about them very vaguely so i guess maybe we do like one concrete show antic okay i have a, i have i have many show stories I'll, I'll give you two options how about this i'll i'll i'll, I'll, I'll... okay i have <laughs> trying to think how i start this because i have a lot of show antics i've done i've gotten tattooed on stage oh i've uh, gotten naked on stage i've peed in my mouth um i've i i uh, there's so many i mean uh there's there's something that happened in new orleans that is pretty crazy um i, I let me let me try to think uh I, I love, any I any love, one of those is good enough. You can go ahead. I love. Yeah, sorry, I'm kind of like giving you a taste, but no. Um, I like uh, I like this story. I'll, I'll tell. It's a quick one of uh, Riverside. Yeah, we were playing in Riverside, this music festival, and we were playing this bar, and I think one or two people showed up 
<laughs> and uh, Noah, my guitar player, loved me and told me this. He's like, I love you because even if no one shows up, you still put on a bring show. Bring it. You bring it. And he had said that. So I was like, okay, well, I, I got I to do it for sure this time and really, you know, go out and about on it. So I like was going all out. And on the last song, I run into the audience. But keep in mind, this is an empty venue. The empty audience, yeah. It's like, and they have the like disco ball, the colored disco balls everywhere. Like it's like colored light. It looks like a DJ was supposed to be playing. Room's dark. For some odd reason, there's a newspaper stand in there. So I started taking out my clothes, screaming and uh, getting wild. And I started grabbing newspapers and like wrapping myself up in them and climbing all over the tables. And I turned myself into a little cocoon in the middle of the audience. (laughs) And I was just like seizing on the floor. And uh, and uh, yeah, I was just going balls to the wall, whatever. And the second my like what happens is I kind of like. I, 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 that show, I broke a bottle on my head, passed out. I'm in this little cocoon and my band kept playing for another t- like five, 10 minutes. And finally, <laughs> when they stopped, <laughs> the security guard who watched this all went down, grabbed me by my neck, whispered. He's like, he's like, get up. And I like kind of got up and he said, he looked at me and he said, you're going to clean all this up and I'm never going to see you again. And I was just like, yes, sir. You know, like oh I was just like, you got it, boss. Like, which keep in mind, I make a mess on stage. I always I bring a broom. I bring a mop. I bring cleaner. Like I'm always I'm very That's responsible amazing. on that fence. Um, so I was already the goal. But I love I clean up and long like later down the line, maybe like six months later, whatever. I play a show in L.A. This kid comes up to me. and He goes, dude, I uh, last time I saw you was in Riverside. Wow. And I said, no way. No one was at that show. And he goes, you're right. No one was at that show but me. But me. <laughs> and he loved it. And he told me things that I was like, I did what? That's amazing. And he all these things. <laughs> and I think that was a beautiful moment. The fact that I was like, I gave one dude the ride of a lifetime. That's he, the best it show was story. Like, it was like a buckle up. Because <laughs> you're about to get blown away. So... <laughs> that that's a funny that's a funny story i love that man yeah okay uh can you give me can you give me a big lesson i just want a big lesson about a couple different topics so what's a big lesson you've learned about let's start with collaborating because i know you just did that track with boyo i know you guys are y'all are buds uh what's a big lesson you learned about collaborating that's really interesting you say that um i saw a psychic earlier this year and she told me she said you you need to be collaborating like you because i'm somebody who definitely like always works alone. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I used to collaborate, I used to have trouble with like writing lyrics because I want to write, I like writing morbidly sad lyrics or at least that's where I had to. And then they kind of get edited out. But I, I just like, I, I think a lot of fun, happy, silly people have a, like a dark side. And for me, that's, oh, yeah. I comes out doing music. I get like really kind of like upset and that's where I get to express myself. And so I have a tough time collaborating on lyrics because it's like, I want to get dark, but I'm like, mm. whatever you say, it's going to sound like emo or whatever. And then they're going to laugh. And then they're like, what, I, you know, like if you're going to say something and they're going to be like, Oh yeah, you missed that girl. And then you're like, Oh, well, that, you know, I, now my feelings are hurt. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it, it's hard to like have the same stuff, like be on the same vibe. So 
Um, it was tough in the beginning. And what I've learned is you, everybody has, first off, every collaboration is different is what I've learned. Um, some people I collab really well with some people I don't like, it just doesn't really work out. And it sucks because I've actually had collaborations with like my dream collaborators. Like I'm always like, dude, I'd love to write a song with this guy. And it just doesn't really work out. It's just like, right. you're like, I don't know. Sparks didn't really fly. And that's nothing against them. Nothing against you. It doesn't mean you're a bad songwriter. It's just like, it's a vibe that goes down and some people you write better with others and some people, you know, it just doesn't happen. And, and so, um, yeah, what I've learned, I think best advice is everybody has their own parts. Things, people are good at certain things and just find out what that is and then do that. So it's like, if, if you work better writing lyrics alone, be like, okay, I'm going to write the lyrics and then I'll send them to you. And then, or like, I'm really good at bass or you're really good at bass. You do the bass parts and just like finding your key spots and also having fun with it is a big thing. Don't go into it being like, okay, you got to finish the song, blah, 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 blah. Like going to it be like, we're going to hang out, have a good time. It'd be cool if we write something. Maybe we don't. Maybe write something that's shit and then we'll like that, get that out of the way and write something cool. Oh, I love just that Just go in it with great. like low, low stakes. I love, you know, that, that loops back to what you were saying earlier. Like talking about, hating all the stuff that you wrote at the beginning of quarantine, like giving ourselves the grace to like write shitty is so important. Like, yeah. like letting yourself write something bad and acknowledging like, I'm not bad because this is, but I'm just getting it out, you know, get that shit oh, yeah. out of the way. It's so good. It's so healthy. So, so in art school, like, you know, they give the students a lot of prompts. And I remember mm-hmm. I had some, a lot of friends who went to Pratt. And they told, they, their teacher would tell them like, do a drawing that you think is really bad. Like mm-hmm. make a drawing that you think is stupid. And kind of the, the beauty of it is you usually come out with something where you're like, kind of like it actually. Right. It's kind of cool. Right. And so that, I think that's a fun prompt to do with music. It's like make a song that you like intentionally try to make bad. Yeah. And then like, maybe it's funny. Maybe you're like, maybe you're like, oh, the, actually that synth line is pretty cool. I could, I could use it on something else. You're like, totally. you know, and you just kind of make something. So there's fun things you can play around with. So yeah, no, no, no. I definitely, I vibe. Yeah. Love that. Uh, can you give me a lesson about producing? Producing. Um, there's no right or wrong way. That's like my, that's my number one. Like also less is more. What I've learned is like the more I'm a gear junkie. Like I love collecting gear and I don't, I don't really sell it either. Like I'm constantly on Craigslist and offer up and whatnot looking for. I've weird- seen your synth dungeon. You're in the dungeon for sure. <laughs> I, I'm like about to kick myself out because i'm like i'm i'm quite the um hoarder um but yeah the more shit i get like thinking like oh this preamp's gonna make things sound so good it's like dude it just gets more and more complex simplicity baby it's like i listen back to old stuff and i'm like how did i get that drum sound <laughs> right like I'm, after that drum sound i got five years ago when all i had was a laptop and an audio interface and an sm57 right. and i'm like it's like i'm dealing with like an akg c414 or whatever <laughs> and i'm like i can't get bupkis you know i'm like it's <laughs> not good so um, simplicity and, and like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've gotten hit up by a lot of kids being like, uh, you know, Oh, what are you bussing or how do you, what software and all this? It's like, dude, if I told you, you would laugh, like, mm-hmm. you know, better than I do. Right. I don't know anything. I literally don't know anything. <laughs> and and so the more hard. I've learned, the more it's gotten in my way because I exactly. learned I was doing it wrong exactly. and, and apparently wrong was sick. <laughs> 
it's like and 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 maybe that all that is is just like let your ears follow like mm. let your ears lead sorry let your ears lead yeah. because i think it's like you're like oh well i learned how to eq so i'm gonna do it this way it's like let your ears do the like i'll tell you where this should go um oh, so yeah worst, i man. don't know I- I'll do that too. I'll like, I'll like click open an EQ and start doing the thing. And I'm like, you like already know the presets, but it's like, I'm muted. I, I'm muted. Why did I start? (laughs) Dude, Um, I would love to, I would love to make a song with you or just like hang out and make some music or jam or something. Yeah, we, we have to, man. We, we, we have to, it's, it's, uh, it's really nice to chill like this and, and definitely want to, want to do it again, but hopefully, hopefully. Um, all right. Last question. Any just just a recommendation. It could be a podcast. It could be an Alan Watts video or a YouTube video. It could be a TV show or a movie. Would you have any recommendations? Yeah, you you first said podcast. I don't like podcasts. I I just can't do it because uh, <laughs> I I just like I'm a music guy. I just like constantly listen to music. Um, but when I'm on really 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 long road trips, I've yeah. listened to this podcast I like called Sex with Emily. It's this uh, sex sex therapist who kind of like what Emily Morse. That's her is name, that her right? name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. She's like a she's like a middle aged housewife, but yeah. like uh, who who was a she's a, like a, a you know certified sexual therapist, and she's tight. And she's I cool don't. As hell. I I find that world fascinating. Um, it's kind of like a, I don't know. I, I, you know, I was like handed all these books about like femininity and yeah. like things like that of like whatever sex and things like when I was young. And for some odd reason, I took such a like attraction to it. And so I like stuff like that. So I just think it's interesting on like hearing women's perspectives and like men's perspectives. I find myself, it's like, I, I am like relatively straight, but I definitely, there's like, Oh, I'm very feminine as a male. Right. Like I'm a very feminine male. And I kind of like, I like that about me. Cause I like most of my friends are girls and I just feel like I vibe better with girls and yeah. not, not better. Don't get me wrong. Like I love my guys. Like it's, no, you're just, speaking. It's you're, like you're, everybody fits. I'm well, your I'm audience just saying, like, Everybody fits in their, <laughs> in, in their own aspect. Like right now I'm yeah. here surfing with a bunch of guys, but it's mm-hmm. like when I'm out mm-hmm. on the town, my girls know how to party. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> My, my girls know, like, like sometimes they're like the person I, sh- I call up if like I'm dealing with like a tough time or something, you know? So it's like, everybody's got their purpose. So I, I just, um, I, yeah, I thought, I think sex with Emily is cool. It's also funny. I mean, uh, it's like the people who call in are usually like truckers. I think it's time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, a, that's interesting. Um, so that's about like the only podcast I've ever really listened to, but I know there's a lot of great podcasts out there and I, I'd love to check it out. I've heard good things about like song exploder and all that stuff. No, dude, that's a, that's um, a, that's a perfect wreck. I honestly, I think we should just run with that because I'm totally your audience for that. I, I have a lot of feminine energy. I definitely fit like that program as well. And, and like, I loved like going over in college, I would go to like the houses where I had like a bunch of like my female friends living together because I was like the one guy who they would like let be there for girl time and stuff. And I just really enjoy they're, it. They're, and, uh, they're and trying like, to like, yeah, sorry, sorry, go. No, I was just saying like, uh, like, I don't know. I've always think it's really interesting. And, and Emily Moore, she's a really good host. She's like a very famously, uh, from what I know her, she's like really, she wants to be uh, responsible for like a bottle of lube being in every bedroom. Like she's really pro yeah. lube. And I was like, yeah. that's, that's awesome. Cause nobody talks about that stuff. So it's really, I like anything where you can be open about stuff that people don't want to talk about. 
is just intriguing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. I, I think she's given a lot of interesting tips because I think the, the kind of like sex ed that we're taught in, in this country is kind of silly. So to have somebody kind of like give better advice and yeah. more cohesive and, and in-depth kind of advice and, and from both perspectives, I think it's, it's kind of nice. Um, it's kind of interesting. Um, Love it. When it comes to movies and TV, I'm 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 bad. I'm bad. I mean, like, I, it's so cliche, but I've I seasons three through ten of The Simpsons have been like on repeat for like the last three years. I'm watching like, The Simpsons I, again I, right now too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could like you name any line, anything I could recite it. Like my parents <laughs> asked me how many times have you seen this episode when I'm like visiting home. I usually like they have a nice TV, so that's like where I watch The Simpsons and I and. Love uh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah, that's like my uh that's my show. That's my comfort. Everybody has that like show, you know, a lot yeah. of people it's the office or parks and rec. Like it's for me, it's like the Simpsons, like seasons three through ten. I think what's funny is uh the this girl who I dated for a long time, she she was like, You never cry. And I was like, Oh, you haven't seen me cry? I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Like I trust me, I cry. And uh <laughs> She know, yeah, I don't think I like ever really cried in front of her. And then I remember one time we were watching The Simpsons, and I there was a it was the episode Mother Simpson where like Homer's mother kind of leaves. Yeah, and uh, I was like, I was in I was in shambles, <laughs> and she literally responded with like, like really, this is the thing now, this yeah. is what, and I was like, it's it's beautiful, like that's beautifully written. Are you kidding me? You know, I know. it's I funny because. It's funny because for the time, everybody's like, Simpsons is so taboo. It's so crazy. For the 80s, it was nuts. And now it's like, it's like the most wholesome, like well-rounded, but funny show. It's like just a fa- good family comedy, you know? Seasons like two through like 12 is kind of like, right. once you start going after the, the Simpsons movie, just for me, like, I can't, I can't do it. I see. It's like, it's, they say, what do they say? They say like season 11 or even like season nine, they're like, oh yeah, different writers. It's just like, mm-hmm. was going downhill. Still, though, to have seasons three through ten, nothing but perfect <laughs> episodes is like, I don't know, any any show that's ever done that. So I'm I'm grateful. Look but, at that. It's perfect. Yeah. This, uh, right. Yeah. That's And then, I'm, oh, I, let, me, let me give some music recs because. It, yeah, I would, like, like, I would like actual I'm music. On, <laughs> I'm on that. Mu- like, I've been, I'm, I'm feeling good about this year. Like, when I look back at my, like, Spotify rewind, I think it's going to say, a, like, a pretty healthy heavy number because i've been listening to a lot of music recently like people have been making me playlists i've been making them playlists i've been doing a lot of listening give me um yeah 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 let's go (coughs) excuse me um i'm trying to think without going into my phone like going Mm -hmm. into spotify anything so classic Um, once you break it out it's a different game you know i know i know well then then you're like a it's like a, a a, what is it like a storm like yeah. a, just like every man you know but <laughs> no, no, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go over my head um this guy heather h-e-t-h-e-r he's kind of new on the rise i think his stuff was really cool this band otis o-h-t-i-s they're out of detroit i believe really cool stuff um let's see um i'm i'm really really obsessed with this girl joanna sternberg I don't okay. know if you know her. I don't. She's kind of in the like Phoebe Bridgers realm. She kind of like Elliot Smith kind of, you know, right. somber. It's just like her guitar, her on a piano. Um, and I, she has like a YouTube video where she explains kind of how she like 
rights or her backstory. And I, she is like, she's like won me over. Like I'm, I'm forever a fan. Um, she's incredible. Um, Arthur, I love Arthur. Um, the new, the new spirit of the beehive record was so cool. I like that a lot. I'm a huge Kelly Stoltz fan. If anybody okay. knows me, I, I always kind of like rep them, rep him, I guess. Um, cause he's a bedroom artist from, from San Francisco and uh, his album below the branches is like, I, I've probably heard that record like 12,000 times. It's really, really good. Okay. Um, and that's Kelly K E L L E Y Stoltz. Um, you know, who I just got into is Cass McCombs. I know everybody is like on the cast. They like Cass McCombs. And I've always kind of been like, I don't know. I, I like, every, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, everybody's doing it. And I was kind of yeah, like, I don't I'm know. Out. And I then like Cass, I kind of went He's back. Great. I went back and listened like to his whole discography and I'm like, mm. his early stuff is really, really cool. I'm like, I like home recording. So I like, I like, I like the raw stuff and I think that's been really, really, really cool. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's like what you said, man. It's like, you're, you're chasing the thing that you got like five years ago. Like when you go backwards, you're like, there's yeah. some heart in this before you knew anything when, when you were still naive. Yeah. I want to ask you though, like, have you like with arms akimbo is like, you've gone, you've probably gone into a really fancy studio, huh? Not really. I mean, we've gone into regular rooms. Sorry. Not, yeah, I mean, you know, like the the probably the coolest, like we like king size sound labs. We've been a couple times, and 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 rooms like that, you know, around. But but no, nah, dude, a lot of our stuff, our first like most of our releases have been uh, like in the box recordings with our buddy, who's just like a super good like Pro Tools mixer, you know. And then and then eventually we got sick of that, and we were like, we want to do a live, very like 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 a rougher thing you know and so it was nice to go in the room and do that at king size but no nothing nothing crazy fancy beautiful because that that was what i was going to say is like when i you know i write everything in my little shed um and i love that because when i do go to like a fancy studio i i think what happens and i i is is like you go to a really fancy studio where they have all these beautiful mics cool instruments and whatnot and it's it's just a room full of bells and whistles and you get so distracted you're like, let me play on this memory move that you guys have from 1973 and find some cool sounds. And then, boom, you've wasted $700 of yeah. the whole day there playing with stuff. And so you feel rushed. It's like, it's so nice to be in like your bedroom and make stuff. And there's right. so many bedroom on right now. I think it's so cool. I really, I'm like, anybody can be a musician. And I think that is so sick because I think like, I think a lot of musicians is somebody who is very tapped into their emotional side mm-hmm. and that's how they express through music. And I think that's beautiful because now more than ever, you can express that so quickly now with your iPhone on voice memos or your, your computer that has logic or even garage band and you can put out stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so cool. For me, I think it's a lot about like let's merge those two spaces. That's at least where we're headed. Like as as our band progresses, is let's not be as polished as we always have been. Like with our few you know big studio experiences, it's like yeah, I agree. Like a little worse, and it's a little better for us to just um, create what we can in the house, make like make that the best we can. And then eventually merge it or like, you know, we just did drums at Derek's garage like this past weekend, Derek Ted. Um, and Beautiful place and beautiful man. Beautiful man. And he, you know, he's just a buddy of ours who we've known for years and gone on tours with and stuff. But we're like, 
all we need is this room and these mics and his energy. And so let's just do it here. You know, whereas before we would just waste all this money on, on drum day or whatever, and not get nearly, you know, we got 12 songs done. That's, that's great. You know? Well, and boom, you said like a big powerful word there and it's energy. It's like vibe. Vibe is like a lot of it. Totally. And uh, yeah, I think with collaborating for me is like, I've definitely felt the need to like, I don't know if it's like show off, but it's that it's like show up. It's like, you got to like, all right, let's hear it. And it's just like, man, you know, so that's why I'm like, now I try to go in. It's like, let's just hang out, fuck around, feel out some vibes. And and, well, you might dig this, make something. One of my guests, uh, Lauren Louise, she was on this show. Um, She's got that project girl house and her, her tip for the collaborating thing was um, she said like, you don't, like you already got in the room so you don't need to like do anything else like get like don't think that you need to like come and like be a huge heavy hitter today you already got in the room just be like you know and that already is enough (laughs) you know sometimes that's all you need yeah yeah that that really got through to me i've been thinking about a lot since since we had that talk like you're you're there Yeah. yeah yeah i get yeah yeah. All right. I'm just, I'm, I, it's funny. I'm thinking about an experience I just had. I, I just actually did a collaboration yesterday with this band and um, yeah, man, I got, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I got nervous. I got yeah. nervous and I'm, I'm sure they were nervous as well, but they handled it very well. I went to their <laughs> studio and uh, I just, well, yeah, I felt this like urge to like perform. And then I, I kept thinking, I was like, dude, we're here to have fun. And I ended right. up having a freaking blast. But the song we made, I was like, it's not good. It's not right. good. And then towards the end, I was like, okay, all right, this is cool. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. This is cool. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, well, I, think, uh, I think we did it, man. Yeah, we, we freaking did it. I'm like, and I'm not just saying this for the podcast. It's like, yeah. I really would like to see you soon. I think that'd be really fun to get together. Um, you know, one band that I didn't mention, but I, I, Seriously, I, I'm. I, I listen to him a lot. as field medic. I mean, I think Same. I think Kevin's stuff is is really sick, and yeah. um, I I like I I think the appeal too is is he's definitely somebody beats to his own drum, and I think we can all be like learn from that. Yeah, it's all I, it's all. He's like he's so authentic. He's so he's so Kevin. I know and, that's the thing is like everybody, everybody's like, yeah, Kev's my bud, but I also really love what he's doing. And I think part of that too is, um, I don't know, man, I kind of feel like he's creating culture at the same time. Like he's really like, like that. there's like a, a fold to the music where you're just like, that's yeah. It's what you're saying. It's authenticity. I, yeah. I think he's single-handedly like bringing back that kind of like acoustic rawness of just, yeah like just just fucking re- just put out your demos you know just like just fucking <laughs> yeah. put out whatever you got you know i love you know he used to do these instagram lives where he would uh you'd have to like rap he that was, was the like, funniest dude, where you would like rap battle dude, with fans it was <laughs> but it was the most genuine it was the mo- it was the best vibe ever like ever. everybody was so beautiful <laughs> and amazing yeah and i loved it it was so cool we would get these people who would be like but i don't know how to rap it's like no, 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 no. I don't care if you don't know how to rap. Just go. Rap. I know. <laughs> like, whatever's on your head. And it was, the like, the most... Man, I, like... I think about that a lot. Because that was so yeah. inspiring for 
other people and for myself. But it's just like, because I think all the time you probably do this too, where it's like, I'm not a musician. It sucks. Yeah, I know. It's like, no, 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 no. Shut up. Just do it. Well, and dude, that was like, that was the best. I'm so <laughs> literally on Sunday, right? I'm in the room. I'm in, I'm in the, in the garage at, yeah. at Derek's place. And so we're in there and drums are getting recorded and I'm like, cool. You guys know the part. I'm going to go to the bathroom, take an ear break. And I walk through the house. And so, so my drummer, Matt is in the room with, is in the garage with Derek. I walk through the house. I hear Derek's girlfriend, Juliet singing and playing guitar in one room, writing a song. And then I keep walking back to the bathroom and I hear Derek or sorry, I hear Kev and he's like rapping so loud, like auto tuning the shit out of his voice. And like, just like, I don't know, doing these crazy like trap beats and stuff. And I'm like, this is the, you know, I just felt blessed. I felt like the sun was shining on me in that moment. Cause I couldn't, there's no part of the house you could be in without hearing somebody create. You and know? what a fucking cool vibe. Yeah. Like, like I love, I love this Brockhampton. Yeah. Dude, just oh my like gosh. A, the just a fat stack of kids yeah. making sick shit. It's amazing. Like that's so, cause they all live together. And yeah. I just like, I, that house must, it's probably not fun because again, it's work, Yeah. but that must be the coolest thing to see just everybody in their rooms being like like working as a as a unit like ah, yeah. oh, that's so cool and i and, love that yeah and that's I've, how they I've get heard, to be so prolific is like yeah. they made so many records because so many people are working towards the same goal it's beautiful and that's you know that you, it's so interesting because it's like for me i'm a solo artist and i've always had so much respect for bands with members where it's like oh it's not one dude it's all of them Mm -hmm. because like king gizzard for instance it's like a million with that band (laughs) it's like you have seven dudes and they they're for so long they weren't making money and like to have a group being like oh yeah no don't worry i won't go to college i won't i won't like i'm gonna stick together because we're in this is like it's so sick. I never yeah. had that. And I, 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 I just so, that's so, I, I respect that so much. Totally. It's so cool. Yeah, the man. fact that everybody's like, we're creating, we're going to make something, we're going to make something great. And I want you in here and I want you in here. And, we're all, and everybody's like, yes, let's do it as a team, as a family. Yeah, you know? and, it's, and it's, and it's hard and it's beautiful. And it's, and it's the, it's the crazy conundrum of this, which is like, are you going to be on your own journey, which is technically, you know, can be easier without the frills, or are you going to like be in a partnership that, that sometimes it's hard to be in a partnership, you know, but like there's so many benefits and there's so many like, like better things about one or the other, you know, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's beautiful, man. And when you, when it really works, it's like, yeah, there's a lot to be jealous of there. There's a lot to envy in any, in any creative relationship. 100%. And, and, and honestly, like, yeah, don't let anybody ever tell you it's easy because it's not. And then it, it gets much harder when money's involved. Yeah. Because then, then there's the whole discussion of, you know, who gets what and who wrote what. Yeah. And then when you get contracts involved, that's how you, friendships end. So yeah. then it's like, okay, we need to have a verbal bond because we're best friends. You know, so it's, it's fucking difficult. And yeah. it's, but it's super beneficial and beautiful. Yeah. And, and that's all this is. It's like music is just everybody coming together. And I think that's so beautiful. Dog, I feel I feel like I could put a quarter in your jukebox any day because like we could definitely go on and on about about all the different like there's so many different pockets here that I'm really happy to talk about. We're gonna have to do a part two, honestly. I think. 
Dude, I'm so down. And that was the most beautiful little metaphor. I love that. That was so sweet. I'm 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 honored, man. I I'm such a fan, dude. This is Likewise, so sick. Man. Likewise. Um, by the way, I do need to I do need to give you a compliment because I didn't even properly I didn't, by the way, look at my notes at all for this episode. We just went. But like uh uh just the song in the chair. You talk about your dreams and stuff like that, like I love your tracks, but there's something about the spoken word over the music that really gets me fired up. And I, and I love that. I appreciate you being that kind of artist, man. It's awesome. You truly made my day. Cause that is, that's, that still is one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And it, it's definitely like, I feel like people like don't know it. Right. And I, I love it. It's kind of like my like hidden jam. And I yeah. thank you. Thank you. you that, it, that is, that's, that means a lot to me. I appreciate that. I want to do, I mean, you know what I think is cool? And I know I'm sorry, we're trying to wrap up, but, (laughs) and, 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 and this is, I guess, maybe some advice for you and maybe you already do this, but I think looking at music as art, um, I'm currently in this position. So like, you know, look, I'm no, no art major. So I know I'm going to butcher this, but like with, with a lot of artists, they have periods, you know, Oh, in this period, they like did their circles and they paint it with only charcoal or whatnot. So I think that should be for musicians too. I mean, like, why not? So right now I'm in this period where I'm only, I've only been, it's like all through quarantine and a little bit before is like, I've really only been writing two minute songs. So my songs, like, it's like, I, when I open the session or if I'm like working on tape, it's like, I, I'm like, okay, once it hits two minutes, it's either wrap it up or like, that's the end. Like if I'm working on, uh, on logic, it's like, I, I put the stop at two minutes. Right. So it's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then it ends. And, or it's like, the song is a solo or this song is like me talking over a baseline or something like, yeah. and it's, and it's just allowing, like looking at more as like art than, than of like, uh, like, is it, are people going to listen to this? And I think that's really, really fun. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what we're, t- you know, you got to get out of your own way and just let it be the thing. And that's, yeah. Oh my God. I love that, man. Yeah. Um, and, it's, it's and really let it tight. be whatever, whatever you're into in that moment, you know? Totally. Yeah. Let, let the people I, listening grow with it too. And, or don't even think about them and you'll see probably more people listening. I think what's tough. Yeah. Um, my like vibe for everything is like always like relationship or like love or whatever. And then yeah. I'm, it's just cause I'm a loveaholic. Like I'm just like <laughs> always like, I should probably write about something else. And I think that's, what's cool is like over quarantine, I've definitely gotten to like creative world of like writing about other stuff, like short stories about like a snail or something. Yeah. I love concept records. Me like, too. We're making like, one. Are you? Oh, yeah. We need more of them because anytime I hear an interview, everybody's always like, uh, you know, like when musicians are talking, they're like, man, if I do it, di- like if I were doing di- things differently, I would put out only singles or I mm-hmm. would like only do EPs or, and it's like, I feel that because like, n- there's now a small niche of people like who actually listen to the album all the way through. But yeah. what a freaking experience it is when you have this concept record or a cohesive record where all the songs mesh together. I think there's nothing more beautiful. I love Andy Schaff's The Party. Oh, it's like, the best. Oh, it's the best. Stuff like that is like yeah. so sick. So I really like wanted to, to, to make something like that. Like, like I, I would say like most like Phantophobia and Cycles are both uh, concept records, um, but very loose kind of concepts. Sure. Um, and I want to get more into like, it's like, it's a story. So it's like, you meet your characters in like track one and two. And then by the end, it's like something, you know, there's like been a whole story. That's brilliant, man. I love that. It'd be fun. I mean, yeah, I know it's fun. Right outside the box. This has to be fun. I know. 
I love you it. Got, you got to have fun. Yeah. You got to have fun. And then me and Warner chatted for a little longer, turned off the Zoom, caught up. Uh, but that was it, man. God, I got to see one of his shows. That sounds so fun. All right. You know the deal, folks. Five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Share the show with a friend. Head to Banzoogle. Most importantly, subscribe. Stick around. We'll see you next week with another great guest or a great episode. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Thanks so much for, for, uh, for being here. All right.